Welcome back to University of Adversity Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Isios. This is your first time tuning in. Welcome, all your regular listeners. Welcome back. If you are looking for stories of personal transformation or experts in their field that can help provide you with the tools, tips, and resources to help you overcome adversity in your life, you are in the right place. Today's episode, we have an incredible guest for you. We have Garen Jones joining us. This guy is the definition of overcoming adversity and transforming it and alchemizing it into a purpose-filled life. These kind of stories are just so inspiring, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. In today's episode, we dive deep into the transformational journey of Garen Jones, from a troubled past as a drug runner to finding purpose in prison, and he now inspires others to tap into their inner child and become harmonized humans. Garen shares his insights on the power of forgiveness, the impact of AI on society, connecting with spirituality, and the importance of unlocking our true passions. Make sure to listen to this right till the end as we explore the path to personal growth and transformation, self-improvement, and creating a harmonized life. Some key areas in today's episode that we cover. The power of running as a moving meditation of receiving downloads, tapping into our inner child to discover our true passions, awakening the artist within and embracing play as a path to harmony, connecting with spirituality through the innocence of children, breaking the cycle of passing down insecurities to future generations, the impact of positive thinking and personal growth books, the transform the transformational power of forgiveness and letting go of resentment, the potential impact of AI on job loss, separation, and spirituality, finding freedom within one's mind, even in challenging circumstances, and finally, building a harmonized life grounded in nature and personal growth, and much, much more. Listen to this right to the end, and don't want you to miss out on anything, you guys. This is a very powerful episode. Garen is a wealth of wisdom and... I know you guys are going to love this episode and make sure if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, you do so wherever you listen. And if you want to pay it forward, you want to give back to the show, share it with somebody who needs it. Or if you feel called to do so, I really appreciate a review on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Enjoy this episode with Garen Jones. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Garen, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing today, brother? Man, I am so fabulous. Uh, Just... Um, just got my daughter up and my wife about to go out of town and I just got back in town from like double back to back masterminds. And it's, it's the flow of life that I choose, uh, to be in high demand and, to, um, to be a part of the thread of nature. So like life is amazing and it's flowing. Thank you so much for having me on. Dude, 
It's an absolute pleasure. I've, I've been looking forward to this for a while. You mentioned something before that we got on here around you just having uh, a baby and how it has changed you and how, you, you know, speak to us a little bit about how that has changed your life. Because, you know, when you think you have a plan and then you have a baby, everything changes. So talk to us about how that has been in your life so far, how he's changed you as a man and how it's changed on how you look at life. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm fortunate enough to have, this is my second daughter. I had a daughter 20 years ago. I'm about to be 44 years old and I had a daughter who's now 19 months. So to be able to experience who I was when I was living out of my car, $200,000 in debt in the lowest point of my life and how I did father good but i i could you can only give what you what you give to yourself and how i'm so radically present now an extraordinary father so i'm like healing while being the most amazing dad on the planet um it shifted me because i cannot hide from my daughter she requires the most out of mom and the most out of dad me and you know uh most parents don't realize this and most kids when they get a, uh, older don't realize that they inherit um, their parents insecurities so even if things are never said if you have an insecurity oftentimes it translates to your kid unless they learn from someone else and so things about how coarse my hair is and things about me not being worthy i was like no my, I don't want my daughter coming into an environment where something is just passed down, passed down, passed down. I want to give her the best opportunity to live a life where her experiences are her experiences, but it's not necessary for her experiences to be mine that I didn't take care of. So I was willing to lean all the way in to my life and learn more about me and trust me more and let go of resentments and forgive people and like really live in a state of love and joy and gratitude rather than insecurity and hate and deceit. And so it's changed me so much. Um, it's like my, my wife gave birth to baby soul and baby soul gave birth to the next version of me. When you say being a good dad, like what does that mean to you? Like if you we're growing up again and you, cause I know you had a really challenging situation with your dad growing up. Yep. Like what would, what is a good father to you? Like yeah, what, to what really makes that for you to like want to embody, you know, um, someone who has reverence for themselves, respect, uh, honor and, 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 and um, integrity uh, and someone who has, reverence and honor um for women and someone who like really that harmonized man that embodied man that that knows who he is knows where he's going uh, follows through with what he said and then paints a life and paints a picture for those around him the lead in his footsteps because people don't do what you say they do what they see and you know saying a good dad is very subjective so there's many different variations but for me i became a, a good dad 
Um, my daughter now, my newest daughter is, uh, her name is Soul. My first daughter, her name is Kylia. The moment that I claimed who I was, and that's when I said, I am the most powerful representation of who Kylia will marry one day. I had no example of who that was. I didn't even know what that was like. There was something about saying who I was. Because if you don't tell yourself who you are, you'll live a life where you're, you're trying to um, be what everybody else wants you to be. And so when I told myself who I was, I am the most powerful representation of who Kylie will marry one day. I started thinking different. My approach to fatherhood was different. How I treated women was different. When I looked at women through my daughter's eyes and not my dad's eyes, that's when I became a good man, a good father, a good human. Yeah, man, it's it's such an interesting thing because, you know, I'm almost 40 and a lot of my friends have kids now and I see it and I just see how it's changed them. So it's sometimes I'm like, man, I don't, you know, you know, when you're looking after yourself and trying to get your own shit and stay dialed in, it's like it's thinking about that other human that you're responsible for. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't had that privilege yet, but is that something that, that people come to you for to, to look for those, like how to be that good dad, because isn't that really what's the most important thing in our world right now is like raising these kids with these values because there's, it, it it's such a rare thing to have, a good father and two good parents that really care and love and actually walk the talk, you know, and how often do people seek that from you? Almost every day. <laughs> um, me and my wife's example, we want to represent not for other people, but for ourselves. It's like, we've done the inner work and we continue to do the inner work. We have, sex coach we have a relationship coach we have a spiritual guides we have everywhere we have a coach we've 10x and it's like you know a lot of people are just doing the best that they can so it's like sometimes it's so difficult it's because you there's nobody to pull out of you what you can't pull out of yourself so it's like you start bickering back and forth but when you have somebody in your life that is solely focused on seeing your blind spots and then share thing, sharing them with you in a um, in a way that's meaningful, you meaningful that has you inspired to want to take um, uh, motivated action. That's when things start getting done. You can compress compress time frames. Mm -hmm. So for me, we get sought out and ask questions all the time about parenting, about, you know, me with men and my wife with women. And, but most of my audience is women and, you know, I'm a part of a men's group and I have a co-ed group in my retreats, Awaken the Artist Within. So I think the, the example of being a harmonized human, someone that's in harmony with themselves in harmony with nature they know who they are they're grounded they know where they're going they're a pillar for presence with confidence and radiance and magnetism that starts to overflow from your container and people 
they're like, what are you doing? Who are you? Where, where are you? But these are all the things that I teach. I, I, I teach people how to come up into that because of all of the things that I had to struggle through uh, to learn all of these lessons and the lessons that I've learned, they don't belong to me. They belong out in the world. I treat it like oxygen. If I had oxygen and you're just suffocating right now, would I not share it with you? No, of course I would, because I have something that could literally support 99% of the population. Because if we turn on the radio, turn on the news, you see all these different things. People are poking at the ripple effect of deep down inside little kids who most likely didn't feel loved, most likely weren't nurtured in a way that had them feel seen and heard and acknowledged. So because of that, you stuff things down, turns into resentment, turns into this, turns into hate, turns into you doing things as an adult of because of the compound effect of 30 years, that little child not being loved. I have a saying that says, um, adults are deteriorated children. Okay, cool, let's take it back to the child. There's a lot of magic there. Most people have a lot of those doors closed my work in the world is safely walking people through those doors so they can see what's powering all the stuff on the surface. Let's talk about you as a kid. How were you able to heal that trauma though? And what what can you now look back as patterns that have showed up or continue to show up? Do you feel that you've been able to heal that trust that was lost or that fear of probably getting close to somebody because of what happened to you. And, you know, cause it fascinates me, man. It fascinates me how, when we're kids, there's certain things that show up later and certain things don't affect us as much. Right. Speak to us about that. Like what are the things that you had to do to work through that trauma that most kids don't have to go through, but you did. And how did you identify it? And maybe like, what are some of the things that show up, that you're like, oh man, I got I still got to work on that. I still got to heal that because, you know, it's sneaky that way, right? It's it can it can keep showing up in funny ways. I'll tell you this: um, weeds don't need anything to grow but time. Mm. So the weeds of your mind, no matter how much work you do, time will always bring them up, and that's the weeds of your mind to come and overtake your mental garden. So let's just say. You brush your teeth every day for 10 years. You're like, oh, I'm masterful at this. All of a sudden you stop brushing your teeth for five days. It would be stinky. And I don't, I don't think people actually realize just how powerful the weeds of your past can always come back, no matter how much work you do. So I would say when I was four, I got put into a dryer uh, a, a community dryer by an adult in my apartment complex. And he tried to kill me by telling me I was going to go to Disneyland. So I thought, oh my God, I'm just, this doesn't make sense, but I'm just going to trust. Took a leap of faith, almost died. Somebody saved my life. And I remember never liking anything about Disneyland where people like, oh, but it never did anything for me. And I never knew why. Um, and then I also had, um, I had issues with um, trusting, trusting white people. 
I mean, just like a white dudes that were older than me because it was a white dude that tried to kill me. So that just, it was patterned in my brain. It's like, don't trust that kind of person. And I didn't realize as a child that 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 could still be inside of me. And then I also had trust issues and I had choice in making, making decision issues and anything I would do to, anytime I would try to make a decision, it, I would feel the emotion of dread running through my soul. And that dread was connected to death because one of my first leaps of faith was making a decision that was associated with death. And so my whole life, I'm like, oh, why is it so hard for me to make decisions? Why? Oh, favorite thing. What do you want to pick on the menu? I, I would always ask, well, what's your favorite thing? I would have them pick for me because I hated the feeling of having to decide because lodged inside of my nervous system was stuck energy from when I was a little kid. It wasn't until I'd say 2016 that because of the relationship that I desperately wanted with my first daughter, Kylia, I started doing all of this um, emotional intelligence work. I started doing work on my heart, on my soul, learning how to trust, taking communications course, silent retreats, uh, five days in the dark. Like I was just like, maybe this is a way, maybe this is a way. So as I was learning more about myself, deeper about myself and willing to invest in the retreats and willing to learn from people, it gave me articulation and gave me the tools to be able to connect the dots looking backwards. And if you still had unresolved emotions from a moment that impacted your life when you were a little kid, then what you're... The, what's coming up on the surface is just a ripple effect of that. You try to pull the weed at the top, it'll grow right back. But if you pull it from the root and then you plant another flower, then that's how you can plant something else. So when I learned uh, from the point of impact, what happened? How did it make me feel? And then what was the story that I told myself? Well, what happened is what happened, but the story that I created is what literally shaped my life. So does that mean I could go back in my mind to that moment of impact and how it felt and then recreate another story? Mm. So I, I forgave the man who tried to kill me and I, and I felt an energy release out of my nervous system. And I said, I am powerfully choosing to move forward from this moment and I'm creating the possibility to have full trust in myself. Therefore, I will be able to have the discernment to fully trust other people. So when I created the new possibility and started focusing on the possibility, then that's what pulled me into the future instead of living as a recreation of my past. So was that the sh when you were stuck in debt, you were talking about 200 grand in debt and you kept going back into these patterns. You you were reading power of positive thinking you were doing that and then you'd fall off and then you'd do it again and then you'd fall off. At what point did that finally switch and what did you do differently? And why did you choose that book as being the, the pinnacle book that you read over and over again? Because it's so interesting to me 
to hear about these books that change it for people. But the fact that you read it over and over again, and then you stopped, like you mentioned earlier, and then started again and things started, to, the momentum started to happen. It's, you know, I know it's a bit of a loaded question, but like, it yeah. fascinates me, man. No, I get you. Um, well, one, a lady named a fashion, fashion, uh, fashion show director, Shannon Davidson, she gave me that book for my 19th birthday. And I thought it was the stupidest gift because I hated reading books. Yeah. And then one day, and I used to, and sometimes it's still there, talk with a lisp. And I also had a speech impediment um, issue. So I hated reading books because I was insecure of how I spoke. Then one day, I got so sick and tired of speaking the way that I spoke. And I had such a limited vocabulary, I started reading that book, The Power of Positive Thinking. But when I read it, I would read it like, hold on. Yeah, so when I read that book, I would read it as if I were, shameless pr- plug, my book. Yeah. <laughs> I would read it as if I were, um, that's so funny, I open up to the Power of Positive Thinking chapter. Um <laughs> And I would read it just like this, over-enunciating my words. I grew up in a very negative environment. So every time I saw people speaking positively, so I was over-accentuating my words, not to read what was in the book, but just to do something that was different than I normally did. When I was done reading that book, I was talking how I was talking now, and I surprised myself. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. Fortunately for me, I was reading a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. So all of these great things were happening in my life and I didn't know why. So the reason why I stopped reading the book is I didn't realize that what you put in your brain, what you listen to, what you watch on TV, who you hang around with, what books you read, any of those things, whatever you're putting in your brain, just like listening to a song over and over and over and over and over, you're singing the song for the next two months because you can't get it out of your head. So whatever you put in your brain, it drips into your subconscious mind. And that's the thing that you start repeating. So if you listen to negative music, negative people, negative TV, then that starts dripping in your subconscious. And then you start being, speaking and, and living a, a negative aspect of life. So I was like, man, I feel good. I'm meditating every day. I'm praying every day. I'm healthy. And all these good things start happening. But I thought I was creating all the good things to happen. I didn't know it was coming from the book. So I'd stop. My life would fall on, on its face. Somehow or another, I would read the book again. And a lot of beautiful things would happen. But it wasn't until I got into, I went to my very first personal development seminar and they said, leaders are readers. And I was like, I've never heard of that before. Like when you find a good book and good things start happening in your life, just keep reading that book. You see, the whole purpose is to grow from a book. And if you keep growing, then the next time you read the book, you won't be the same person. You'll be listening to it from a different perspective. And I was like, I've never heard no shit like this before. So I just kept reading the book. And then at that time, I just never stopped. So I've been reading that book since 2000 and first time I read it was 2019 and I'm still reading that book. I'm still reading that book. 
And I'd say that was the difference in understanding that what you feed your brain drips into your subconscious and whatever overflows in your subconscious shows up into the physical equivalent in your life. And once I saw that pattern, well, the same person who had an addictive pattern in breaking in the houses or chasing women or anything, I took that addiction into becoming a better version of myself. And I was like, oh my goodness. It's like, I know this secret, but the secret is me in a different format or formation every single time I up level and, and choose growth. So that's how this all went on. It, it just happened to be the book, the very first book I've ever read all the way through at the age of 19. Which steps, like which habits did you imply in your life? that made those that change in direction. Yeah, um, I started praying every day. I started meditating every day for at least 15 minutes. Uh, I forgave people who hurt me. I let go of resentment towards people who who um, who hurt me. Um, I started doing the things that I love that like spark joy in my life. And there was those simple practical things, but I kept doing it. I kept reading it. If you keep listening to the same song over and over and over and over and over, you're going to probably do the dance. You're probably gonna sing the same song, even if you're not even trying to memorize it. It's because it's dripped into your subconscious mind. And so, I became, it's like I read the book until the book started reading me. When the book is reading you, your life is going to look like the information that is that that you're absorbing inside of the book. Mm. You said something there about forgiveness. Yep. If somebody's struggling with forgiveness, like how does somebody start that? Because I feel like there's so much of that in our world now where it's so hard for people to forgive. How did you decide that? That you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive these people because that is a hard thing to do for most people. Like, how do you? What are some? How do you? What do you suggest somebody does to start that process? Well, I'll tell you this. I was in, I was in a business, health and wellness business, and there was another guy that was in the same level of making money as me, and I had pride, and he had ego, and we didn't like each other, and and it seemed like. Because we were both on this rise, momentous rise, and it seemed like both of our business kept hitting this like invisible wall. Mm. And I remember one day I posted something on Facebook. This is before I had an Instagram. It's before I had like tons of followers. Posted something on Facebook. And I tagged like 50 people and maybe 10 people responded. And then I remember leaving for a vacation and I say, you know what? Him being a friend to me has nothing to do with me being a friend to him. I'm just going to be a loving person. Whatever he deals with, with his own merit, I'm not going to let somebody else's energy shift my state of who I am. Because that means I give them power to change me. That's giving power to something outside of me. And I said, I'm just going to choose to love no matter what. So I made it an intention to apologize to him for uh, my negativity towards him. I told him I let go of resentment and, and I'm creating the possibility of us just like connecting on a higher scale and building a business together. 
one day. And if it didn't happen, I was cool. But that's the possibility I was living into. And it didn't matter why it wasn't about his response. I was actually clearing myself. I was choosing freedom. You can't you can't fight for freedom. You got the freedom to me is the power to possess your own mind. And if something else outside of you is making you angry and all the other different things, you're not free. You're a slave to the power they have over you. Um, so I felt different after that pursuit, after I pers- pursued the relationship with him, after I let that stuff go. And then I went on Facebook posted the exact same thing that I had posted three days prior. Mind you, I'd never had more than 50 likes at one time, maybe more than 10, 15 comments at one time. I posted the exact same thing that I posted three days before, but I felt different. There was maybe like 785 likes, Maybe there was like 200 comments. And I was like, what the? And I spoke to my spiritual advisor. She said, Garen, you released hate from your heart. And I was like, the hot air balloon cannot leave the ground unless you release the weight. So in that moment, I decided to make a list of 250 names from kindergarten all the way up to present day to anybody that I had ever done anything negative to with the intention of reaching out to them and apologizing, not expecting anything in return, just apologizing for my part. And to reach out to everybody who's done something negative to me and that energy was stuck in the past. Somebody was like, well, why would you apologize to them? I said, because what they did is what they did. But the story I created, the resentment I created, I had to live with. It didn't punish them, it punished me. That's like swallowing battery acid and expecting somebody else to, to like be melted from it. No, it was hate in my heart. So I apologize to the people who heard me. And they're like, why are you apologizing? I was like, listen, it's because I resented to you. I said negative things about you and all this. And I just want to apologize for my part because that was out of my nature. And I hope you can forgive me. Now, funny thing is, without expecting them to to do the same in, in return, because I was just clearing myself, it all half the people were like, wow, man, you know what? I apologize, too. And that that right there, I saw the direct impact of what forgiveness and letting go of resentment did to my life. I saw it monetarily. I saw it in the caliber of people that were coming. I was like, I forgive these two people. And all of a sudden, two more people would come into my business. So almost like this universal order would replace what was cleared. Yeah, it's crazy because we think if we hold these grudges that I'm going to show them, I'm going to show them that I'm going to hold this grudge. And it's like, it's so useless, man. And there's so many of those that people hold on to. And it's just like, it it makes you so tight, close your heart. And it's, it's, we're living in that world right now where everybody's on the attack of somebody else and we aren't willing to look at our own selves and release it. It's such an important point because there's a post that you made too about this, about the freedom, right? About what is actual freedom. People that are fighting other people for freedom aren't actually free. (laughs) 
<laughs> fighting this side, fighting that side, fighting, even... fighting the weather. Yeah. Um, think about your energy. You can only, and, and I discovered this when I was, when I was in, I, I was actually in prison, like a physical prison for yeah. two and a half years overseas and losing my freedom. I discovered my freedom because I realized what I thought was freedom was actually my real prison. I made it my real prison. And then what was actually prison, I discovered my real freedom. How did that, why, why did that shift for you in prison? Like, well, cause I've heard this a lot. I've had other people on the show too. Where they like started reading and doing all this stuff and they completely shifted. How did that happen for you? So I'm serving a 12 year sentence for smuggling 6.2 kilos of heroin. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little. Well, I didn't know that I was. I was just a drug runner. So I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. Running. Ended up getting caught. Um, and they tested the drugs three times. It was six point two kilos of heroin. The most anti-drug person never had a sip of alcohol. All of a sudden, I'm in prison for drugs. It made no sense to anybody else. Um, about two two years and two months in. Uh, we were allowed to watch movies once a month and Shawshank Redemption came on, which is the movie that's based out of prison. Yeah. And Anthony Dufresne said, they can take anything they want away from me, but they can't take away my mind. I don't know what it was about those that phrase, but when he said that, I, I was like, oh my God, I know why I'm in prison. Because when I used to be free, I used to say every day, I feel like I'm so far away from where I'm supposed to be. I feel like I'm in prison inside of my own body. And then look what happened. I was in prison, far away from where I was supposed to be. And I said, if I can think myself in prison, well, in that case, I'm a free man. What would a free man do? What would a free man do? And I heard a, vo a voice inside say, Garen, everything you used to love to do when you were a little kid, what I used to love to do, I used to love to run. I used to love to motivate people. I used to love to, to do art and sing an inmate with it. He's like, man, every time you sing, it makes me feel free. So I, I was already feel, feeling free because I was singing. And so he got to benefit from the overflow that I was giving to myself. I would do my drawings. And I, I used to draw when I was a little kid. Time would stop when I was drawing. And I loved doing visual arts. So I'd draw a portrait of somebody's family and they'd be crying. And all of a sudden I just motivate people in French. And all of a sudden a little voice inside said, Garen, run. You love to run. And I'm like, nobody else is running. And so in America, they have this thing called the yard where they just work out and do whatever for twice a day in france it's called promenade come outside for an hour just walk around in a circle or lift weights and two hours in the afternoon little voice inside me said garen run you love to run that's what makes you the happiest so i just started running and everybody was calling me crazy nobody else was running 30 days 60 something inmates was running with me and in that amount of time there was less fights less drug deals less people stabbing each other and I was all unconscious of everything that was happening on a spiritual level. But I do know that I felt freer. 
I felt happier. I felt more motivated inside of prison than I ever did that I'm conscious of while I was free. And I felt, I want everybody to listen to this. I felt free. I embodied all of the characteristics of freedom. And it's so interesting that they tested the drugs three times when I first got in there. 6.2 kilos of heroin, no reason to retest the drugs. But two, two months, uh, uh, almost two and a half years in, they retested the drugs. They called me in the office and they said, Jones, we retested the drugs. And instantly I'm like, for what? And they had no reason to. And they said 90% was fake. And for the amount that was real, you've already done the time. You're free to go home. <laughs> so it was that that's so prominent in my life that I extracted all the lessons to be able to tap into that little kid where you were the most free, the most exhilarating, the most excited, and the most energetic. Tap into that little kid, it unlocks a power. This is what I call, the little kid is what I call the artist, and that power, power is called artist power. That's the name of my company, Artist Power. I teach people how to tap back into that resonant frequency that you had when you are a kid. If it's being blocked, whatever's in the way will come out. And you can get back into that resonant frequency, your intimacy comes online, your belief comes online, your confidence comes online, your like your bigness comes online. And there's so many things that come online because that's how most kids are. And so I thank prison, the womb of prison for giving birth to a free version of me so that I could connect the dots later, looking back on my life and extract those lessons that I now carry on into the world, inspiring and empowering and impacting millions of people. Dude, that is freaking crazy. How you got yourself in there, but got yourself out. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. The power of the mind, that's the body and the soul aligned can create a world beyond any level of human understanding. So would you say then that the artist and that child is your connecting to your intuition or connecting to God? Like, would that be? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. You know how they say all kids go to heaven? What they're really trying to say is the the, the closest to source are children. Because right. their life hasn't stripped everything away from them. So they're the closest. They come from the spiritual realm into the womb as like literally closest to source. Yeah. If you're closest to source, then you're more source than anything else, pretty much. So I say when you tap into that energy, it is like the spiritual umbilical cord to heaven. You unlock the co-creation of God. Mm. I use the language God, and I'm not afraid to use the language God. Some other people use other languages, but you can interpret it however you want. Um, but that's why they say all kids go to heaven. It's like, man, you can create heaven on earth inside of your body and unlock that energy, that level of co-creation. Why do you think the little kids never have run out of energy? Why do you think they're the most creative? Why are they the most confident? Why do they have like the biggest? You've never seen a kid say, when I get older, I'm going to work a nine to five job out of security and fear and get paid less than my value. It's always something massive. What happened? 
So yeah. my role in this life is to figure out what happened, come up with solutions, create safe containers, like my retreat that's coming up uh, May 18th through the 22nd. It's called Awaken the Artist Within to create safe containers so that people can remember how to fully express themselves, remember their passion, remember their gifts, remember who they really are deep down on the inside and surround them around a tribe because trying to do things by yourself, that lone wolf thing, it's like I'm lone wolf at 420 in the morning, but I'm not lone wolf all day, every day, trying to do everything by myself. It's a recipe for disaster. Flowers that grow together grow much faster together than they do by themselves. So surrounding people around uh, a fertile environment that's specifically designed for growth, that's why you 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 10x your growth, which often leads to 10xing your revenue and 10xing your your relationships, depending on how you want to lean into that growth portal. What are some things that people that are listening, they love that idea of connecting to that 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 child energy, that artist. What are some things that someone could do, action steps that they could turn into habits every single day? Well, one, um, my favorite thing to do in the world is run. I don't even run for exercise. I run because it's my form of moving meditation. I wake up at 420 uh, pretty much every single morning and I just go. And that's where I get the most of my downloads. So I find something you used to love to do when you were a child that brought you the most joy. If you don't remember, ask an aunt, ask a cousin, ask a brother that was like, what did I... What did I naturally gravitate to when 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 I was a kid? Oh, you love the guitar. Why did why did I stop playing the guitar? Oh, because you broke it. We just never got you another one. But there is still that little kid inside that loves to play the guitar, which is why every time you see Bobby Blue Bland or some play the guitar, you're like, man, I've always wanted to play the guitar. Man, like I said, adults are deteriorated children. If you can tap into the t- child and integrate the adult, then you become a harmonized human. That's when you become one with everything that's already inside of you. You are harmonious with nature. That is that why, why they call it human nature. Instead of being an alligator trying to be a rabbit, you can see how life is difficult when you're trying to be something that you're not. But when you're using everything that's already inside of you, that's when you are able to harmonize with life, the rhythm of nature. There's something so beautiful by a, by being a harmonized human that is grounded in their essence, that is has embodied confidence, who knows who they are, knows where they're going. Every, life will become a thousand times easier when you become harmonized with yourself mind body and soul three-part harmony you sing one note off key it throws the whole note off it throws the whole song off but when those things those three notes are resonant mind body soul when they're resonant comprised of one when three become one look out world everything that you're working really hard for it seems really difficult it's because you're going against nature but when you tap into your truest essence things that like stimulate your mind, things that stimulate your soul, things that stimulate your body. This is why play is so good because it stimulates the mind, body, and soul all together. 
Mm. People don't remember how important to play is. It's such a good point. Like we're just grown up kids. Like, <laughs> like it's 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 crazy because like it's like people have this 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 facade or this shell, and then even I just think back to like watching my dad or my mom, and they're like this parent, and then all of a sudden you see this child come out again. You're like, oh, where's that? And that playfulness is so important. Yeah. It's like you forget, you forget the role that you're trying to play and you go into your heart and you just play. And there's just so much magic in that. But people forget. It's like you have to have this, this image or you have to like be on all the time. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to see that. And I think we can all be guilty of, of putting that out there, that energy. And even myself, I'm thinking like, man, I got to play more. Like I got to just let go. Cause it's so it's so easy. It's so easy, but oftentimes things that are really easy, those are things we don't do. Yeah, drink, drink water, freaking meditate for five minutes. No, I gotta work. I gotta get this done. I gotta get the you wonder why life is so difficult because the easy things <laughs> yeah. don't take the time to do. Have you always had a connection to God? Have you always believed in God? And um, well, I was forced to believe when I was a little kid because there's my mom's version of God. Right. So my mom's version was very different than, than, than my relationship with God now. But I had to get my own Bible and take myself to church and not, not um, be invited to church and like feel like God is going to punish me if I say no. Like literally, I took myself to church. I created my own relationship. And sometimes it may look like it's like I'm a follower of Christ and I listen to trap music. And, you know, it, it's like sometimes curse words come out of my mouth, but I'm not going to make myself feel bad for me and my relationship because I know my relationship. Nobody can tell me what my relationship is. And so because I have sovereignty over this container and this relationship, that's why things there is 100 percent favor on my life because I've created the kind of relationship that is necessary. It's not based off of um, fear or frantic energy or anything like that. It's based off of pursuing. Like I genuinely wanted a relationship with God. Yeah. And you're proud of it. I think people, you brought up a good point because there's this weird energy around the word God. And I was one of those people for a long time. I was raised in you know, Roman Catholic and all of that. And then I rebelled that I didn't believe and I thought it was all bullshit. And now getting back into, you know, spirituality and psychedelics and getting back to myself, I realized I'm like, oh, it's been here the whole time. Like it's, it's, God is such a beautiful thing. And, and saying the word is so different now for me than it used to be. It doesn't have yeah. this weird stigma to it. And I love it when people are proud to say it. I feel like things are changing a lot with that word, you know, as far as like how people see it and feel it compared to what it used to be. I can, tell you, I can tell you this, a lot more people are going to be, are going to be seeking a relationship with God, especially as the more this AI stuff starts to come. <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, it, on, on the surface is great. 
Like yeah. there's lots of great things. It's fast and everything. But then below what not a lot of people are talking about is how many people are losing jobs that barely made money anyways. And when people are, are losing jobs, they become desperate. And then, so there's so many other, there's be opportunities out of this. I don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great things that come out of this. And I feel the energy that's behind it. Think about the name artificial intelligence yeah. okay you think about that oh so there's replacing humans there's replacing humans humans replace it and then all of a sudden you think about okay vax no vax separation black white separation man woman separation trans no trans trans separation everything is very divisive and then you're gonna have something that's gonna create that i feel because i'm just guessing yeah everybody's just guessing uh, that I feel is going to create more division as far as from a um, connection standpoint, because less people that don't have to use their brain powers, yes, less people that don't have to use their intuition and learn how to harness the intuition, then become reliant on what's most easiest. Now, when there's more people reliant on what's most easiest, now those are the people that can be controlled the easiest. Mm. There is going to be a deep separation, I feel. And then another people is going to be like, God, 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 God. So that's why I keep talking about the harmonized human, the person that is harmonious with themselves, that can access deep intuition, deep trust, trust create at will so what i do know about and i know this is loaded but i will tell you what i am aware and this is a universal law there is no night without day there is no love without hate they have to exist it is law so if a powerful force like artificial intelligence is here it's already here whether you like it or not and it's got that vast of a power, then there must be an equal to its equivalent on the, on the light side. There must be. And so this is why I keep bringing up, there's AI and there's AH, the harmonized human. Remember that word, I promise you, on everything that I love, watch what happens. Uh. Dude, it's such a good point. It fascinates me just just thinking about where it even comes from. Like, what is it? <laughs> and you're absolutely right, man, it, to think about it like that. I mean, it's crazy that you can just all of a sudden do something without, create something without even thinking. And it's going to eliminate all this creative energy from people that is just like, the truest essence of being human is creation. And it's like, it's, it's like, we're, we're giving it to AI and it's, it's, yeah. Like you said, it's, it's cool now, just like social media was cool now, but like we see what's happened, things yeah. change and, and we don't know what's actually true. What, who's creating this? Is it from a human? Is it not? Like, what is that? Like, where do, how do we even figure out what's actually coming from somebody's actual heart or truth? I will, I will tell you this, bro. 
Yeah, I've just been privileged to sit in some extremely powerful rooms of people who are creating a lot of these things that and I can feel I don't learn from the words. I learn from the energy behind the words. And then I've been able to sit in another room with people who are very tapped in spiritually. And I got to experience both sides and what energetically was happening inside of me. There will be people who are quick and they create amazing things out of our artificial intelligence. They'll use it. You can talk to it and everything because it's been collecting our data for like the last 20 something years. So it's like it's there. But one thing I'm guessing that artificial intelligence will never be able to replace God. And so and so. That's why I feel that a lot of people are going to come come home. And then there's a lot of people that are going to get swallowed by the robots. Right. And so we're in we're in some very interesting times. I'm not afraid to talk about it. There's a lot of people like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Listen, here's what I'm guessing. You give power to anything outside of you. You can be controlled by that. You give power to everything inside of you you cannot be controlled. So there's going to be different aspects of people. You can just turn on the TV right now. You're like, oh my God, it's like, and then everybody starts running. Everybody starts running. It's like, it's like, it's like a herd mentality. And I'm watching the game and I'm like, oh, and then let me guess. It's too quiet now. Watch what happens in the news five days from now. Boom, something else happens. Oh my God. And it gets to people irate because mm. most people were domesticated in fear. Well, whatever your death domestication, you can be controlled by that as well. Mm. So we're, we're in some interesting times and there's going to be a lot of heavier, interesting times and a lot of beautiful, interesting times as well, because there is no night without day. Well said, my man. Let's end it there. That was so powerful. Thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. Talk us about what, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was so good, man. And there's so much, there's so much there. I mean, we could talk forever about this stuff. Talk us about your events coming up, what you got going on. You got your book, change your mindset, change your life. How else can people find you and reach out and learn more about your work? Uh, You can go to my website, garenjones.com. You can um, learn um about the stuff that i shared about today about the harmonized human and and uh, awakening the artist within and tapping in tapping into your artist power at my retreat may 18th through the 22nd that is a portal for that to actually exist so you can uh come to the retreat i mean there's probably six spots left and but we're we're gonna have another retreat um, in October. So perfect. I just want to say thank you all for tuning in. And I can leave you with one thing: trust your senses. Don't let anybody make you feel like you're going crazy when intuitively, spiritually, there is something telling you this is right or this doesn't feel right. Trust your senses and follow your heart and then let that be 
the flow that leads your life. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. All right, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity and thank you for your bravery to create containers like this so that stories like mine have a home. Thank you, man. Thanks, everybody. If you guys want to connect with Garen, all his information below is there. If you want to go to his website or his Instagram, I highly recommend it. He's got some great content. And if you guys want to grab a tool that will really help you if you're struggling with adversity right now, grab my new book, Mastering Adversity. Unlock the warrior within and turn your biggest struggles into your greatest gifts because I wrote it because I know where you're at and I know what it feels like to be stuck. We are always going to face adversity, but if we have the right tools, the right perspective and the right awareness, we'll be able to move through it easier and to understand the lesson on the other side. So the goal of the book is to help speed up the process from where you are to where you want to be. I got a roadmap of how to move through adversity, how to develop more self-awareness in your life so that you can start winning on a regular basis and not feeling stuck. Grab the book. The link is in the show description. It'll take you right to Amazon and let me know what you think. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a beautiful day. We'll catch you next time.